2022 on purpose. Spoken by Pastor David Hosang. Happy New Year to you, Metro peeps. 2021 was a tough year for most of us. It involved illness and even death for some, bringing painful memories, especially at Christmas time and the new year. But in all this suffering and uncertainty of life, God continues to be the same, unchangingly faithful God. We just sung a little while ago in terms of Jesus Christ or only hope. And the hope we have is that because God raised Jesus from the dead, he will come again. And there's hope that we have for the future, regardless of how uncertain it is. Well, 2021 also had its upsides, to be fair. So for example, most of you working folks may have been able to work remotely, cutting out your transportation, your commute time, allowing you to spend more time with family, and perhaps even to work from, from another city that you always wanted to visit. Uh, even children were able to see parents more and hopefully bonded together more as a family and hopefully didn't get on each other's nerves too much or get into each other's space too much. Singles, you may have even found creative ways to explore connections and to discover who your friends truly are. So we can be grateful for something for 2021. In the month of January, as Pastor Peter just mentioned, we will do a mini-series on, on purpose. And as you recall the graphic, or as you see the graphic, it shows someone looking to the heavens, and close by there is a compass, which reminds us of the importance of direction and guidance for where we are going. As we begin the new year, we have an opportunity for a fresh start to assess where we are, to assess where we want to be, or more importantly, as Christians, what purposes may the all-wise God and Father have for us? Though we may have our own desires, our own ideas, our own plans, our responsibility is to align with God's purpose so that our purpose, your purpose, becomes God's purpose. It's about getting the real big picture of why we're here on this planet and what God's purposes and plans are for us. This week, as Pastor Peter mentioned, week one, we explore God's inward purposes for us as Christ's body, as the church. And as a Metro heads up, we will focus today and the rest of the year on something that is very important to God and in which we are not yet strong, Christian community. Week three, 
we will look at God's outward purpose for the church as God's ambassadors in serving people. And for the other three Sundays, we look at God's purpose for us in the area of our vocation, our finances, and our family. So we'll address your unique life purpose next week when we get to purpose in vocation. So for example, you're not an IT person who happens to be a Christian, but a Christian who happens to be an IT person. But now, let's look at our topic for this Sunday. What's your purpose? What's our purpose for 2022? The first Sunday of the month is usually um, family service, first service. And we ask kids, so why did you sign up for baseball, for volleyball, for cheerleading? And we got some interesting answers. Um, some were, my parents forced me to. But some were, you know, we wanted to have fun. We were bored at home. We wanted to meet our friends. We wanted to win. Well, when we sign up for God's community as part of God's new team, we sign up for God's plan and purposes for us as our head coach. Remember Martin Luther King's famous I have a dream speech when he powerfully communicated his dream for America. Well, the Apostle Paul shared a most important I have a dream message in his letter to the Ephesians. In Ephesians chapters one through three, Paul spells out that God is now working out his grand eternal purpose in history. God is creating something that is wonderfully new. A reconciled community is replacing a warring one. A united humanity is replacing a fractured one. And a new humanity is being created out of an old corrupt one. So, God has done his part through the reconciling death and supernatural resurrection of Jesus. Now, beginning with Ephesians 4, God's dream, God's purpose for his new people is now spelled out in terms of their part, their response, their responsibility. So essentially what Paul is saying is that this is a fabulous thing that God has done for us. Now, what we need to do is to be and to do to fulfill God's grand purpose for us. And, you know, God's grand purpose for us is a far bigger plan than which school we'll attend, what profession we'll pursue, where we live, what car we'll drive, who we'll marry, how many children we'll have. And also, this plan is not merely temporal, but it is eternal. It has eternal significance. So let's look at Ephesians 4 
beginning with verse 1. Here's Paul speaking. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Ephesians is one of what we know as Paul's four prison letters, for obvious reasons. Here he is a prisoner writing from prison for the crime of being a Christian. He now urges, begs, beseeches, exhorts Christians to fulfill the worthy calling for us. So what's our calling? What's our purpose? Purpose number one, total transformation in community. Verse two, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And note here that the call is not given to just a specific group of people. It's not to the church leaders. It's not to the pastors. It's not to the staff. It's not to the elders. It is to all Christians, all of us. The Greek imperative here, like in most of the New Testament, is not you singular, but you plural. You all, as Southerners would say. Paul is speaking on the transformation of all Christians, not just some. But he's also speaking of the transformation of all character. He gives four illustrations of character transformation that are foundational for us to fulfill our calling. These are not just merely reformation of external actions, which are not sustainable, but transformation of internal character. Remember, Jesus said to Nicodemus when he came at night, you must be born again, born from above, born anew. Paul declared in 2 Corinthians 5.17, with a literal translation of the text, if anyone in Christ new creation, the old has passed, the new has come. Earlier this morning, Pastor Peter reminded us that our theme word, our mission, our vision for Metro is transformation. Not self-help, not self-improvement, but God renovation of the heart. So, for God's people to fulfill their purpose, there needs to be total transformation on the inside, not merely good actions or on the outside. Also, these character traits are not to be developed in isolation because they need people living in relationships with each other, people living in community. So let's look at the four character transformations that Paul mentions in verse 2. Character transformation 1, be completely humble towards others. Now humility is very countercultural, very counterintuitive, 
very un-American. But we are to be humble like Jesus, who emptied himself of his privileges and allowed himself to be born and to be placed in an animal feeding trough at Christmas time. We're to be like Jesus, who chose to serve and not to be served, but to give his life a ransom for us. Character transformation number two here, be completely gentle towards others. The word translated gentle or meek is definitely not meaning weak, but harnessed, controlled strength. It's like a strong, but not macho father, lovingly hugging his disobedient smaller child rather than smacking him or her in anger. Character transformation three, be completely patient towards others. Let me ask you, how are you with slow, thick, annoying, selfish, irritating people? And by the way, praying for patience is downright dangerous because for you to grow in patience, God will test your patience with difficult people in your life, including family members. Character transformation four, be completely forbearing towards others. Bear up with, put up with, tolerate each other's foibles, failings, and weaknesses. And do so in love, because that's how God treats us, and that's how God relates to us. For a longer list of character transformation, Remember the ninefold fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. All to be grown by all Christians with the help of the Spirit. So here's a practical exercise for us to do. With a trusted friend or group of friends, with your significant other, or with family members. On a scale of 10, 10 being that you're like Jesus, and one being you really suck. <laughs> rate yourself and rate the other person or persons on these four character traits that Paul mentions. Share why you gave this rating and discuss lovingly how improvements can be made, especially on your part. So purpose number one, total transformation community. Or purpose number two, total unity in community. Verses three to six, but we just look at verse three now. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's a sense of urgency and importance here. Spare no effort for this mission. And note that it is not a call to create the unity, but to keep or to maintain the visible unity of the Spirit. Paul's constant emphasis in his letters is what we call 
from the indicative to the imperative, from fact to act. So he's basically saying, you are one fact, therefore be one, act or action. And let's look at verses four through six that follow, just in case we're dozing off and just in case you're not listening. There is one body, one spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you're called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all in all. Here we have the repetition of one seven times of what's important to unity. Personally, I must confess that I have struggles keeping the unity of the spirit with some Christians. It's really hard to show unity and to show a united front with Christians who blindly follow dangerous, lying leaders who gullibly swallow patently false information, who look for evidence that supports their own preconceived beliefs, and who turn a blind eye to historical facts and reliable evidences. The natural reaction is for us to regard them as idiots and to cancel them or avoid them. But even if they don't attend our church, or especially if they attend our church, we don't have a choice here. Because God says we are one, and even though we are not feeling it, that does not negate the fact of the unity of Christ. Also, the witness of the church the witness of God is on the line. According to Jesus' prayer in John 17, our unity is a reason for people believing that God sent Jesus. So, we need to ask for God's supernatural help on how we relate to some such people, including family members, keeping an open door to experience the visible unity of the body of Christ. More positively, one way of building unity is making people a priority. Regardless of how busy we may be, because we're always busy. So here's one of the many examples I, I thought of about unity in community. When we came to Metro seven years ago, we met with seven young couples every week for dinner at our home, intending to build community and to develop leaders. And as time unfolded, children started coming. Two moved out of state for school or for job. But here are a few highlights. At the end of our year together, one member jokingly said, we'd better stick together now because we know way too much about each other. And they did develop genuine friendships and community, getting together for occasions such as meals, games nights, family celebrations, 
sometimes with and sometimes without the seniors, senior Hosangs. So even though they all have two to three kids right now, four couples are still here at Metro. They remain good friends, and two are actually presently serving in leadership positions here. This is visible unity in community. In our push to focus on community this year, Pastor Doug is working on Metro becoming not just a church with small groups, but a church of small groups. We're all people who call Metro their spiritual home and hopefully commit to becoming partners rather than perpetually dating the church and drawing friendships and benefits here. They are connected together in some mini community. Whether it is regular community small groups, whether it is ministry groups, gender groups, special interest groups, where everybody is connected in community as they desire to do so. So we'll keep you posted on developments here. So, purpose number two, total unity in community. And finally, purpose number three, total engagement in community. For the rest of this discussion on our purpose, Paul talks about spiritual gifts that Christians have been given and identifies at least four things about spiritual gifts. First of all, community gifts are diverse. We see this in verses 7 through 10, but let's just look at um, verse 7 first. Verse 7. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Grace here, in this context, is not saving grace. It is not for right grace you save, but it is serving grace, gifts, spiritual gifts. And these two words are actually quite re closely related in Greek. The word for gra grace in Greek is charis. And, you know, some of you have named your, your daughters charis. And the word for gift in Greek is charisma, charisma. In verses 8 through 10, which we're not going to read, Paul quotes and explains Psalm 68, 18, substantiating the fact that Christ, according to the prophetic psalm, gave gifts to people when he came to this planet. Now we have all the passages like 1 Corinthians 12, which also affirm the diversity of spiritual gifts and that every single Christian has been given at least one spiritual gift as part of the body of Christ. So community gifts are diverse, verses 7 through 10. But also, community gifts are illustrated, verse 11. So Paul, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Here, Paul identifies four to five important spiritual gifts to illustrate the diversity of the body. Technically, these identifications are not so much gifts, but people with gifts functioning in various roles. But, you know, we get the point. More gifts are mentioned in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, two lists, and 1 Peter 4, totaling over 20 identified gifts in the New Testament. 
in our SHAPE workshop scheduled for the last three Sundays in February during the same time as the service time, fingers crossed. We will identify these spiritual gifts. We will explain these spiritual gifts. We will explore which gifts God may have entrusted to you, and we may guide you to see how you may use these gifts. And by the way, SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E, stands for S, spiritual gifts, H, heart or passion, A, abilities, which are sometimes related to gifts but not the same, P, personality, which means that we may have the same gifts but our personality expresses them differently, E, experiences. God has given us good and bad experiences to be used for his redemptive purposes. So, as examples of less public but very important spiritual gifts necessary for the body to function well, there are, for example, the gift, spiritual gift of administration. So, for example, Ruth has a monster administrative gift. She makes Pastor Doug look good because she organizes, administers the small groups. She also organizes the pastors and elders for prayer and other things. Uh, hedging for wins at the well. She organizes the pastors for preaching. She organizes the worship people, uh, sends out announcements, you know, does the PowerPoint, all the other sort of stuff. That's the gift of administration. Then there's also the gift of helps and mercy. And one person who personifies this in a powerful way is Deborah Moore, also known as Mama Moore. Her Caring Hands ministry really shows the gift of health, the gift of mercy, as people who are in need, people who are sick, people who are in need of just basics are provided for. So these are just some examples of spiritual gifts in action. So community gifts are illustrated in verse 11, but also community gifts are purposeful. The purpose of gifts, verse 12 and 13, is to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the full measure of the fullness of Christ. So for 2022, your purpose, my purpose, our purpose is not to be served, but to serve. The primary word for us as Christians is service, not serve us. Our primary responsibility as Christians is to be contributors, not consumers, or worse, complainers. It is to give, not to get. So, if you notice that the church is not being built up as it should, not united in faith as it should, not mature as it should, could one of the main reasons be that you are not functioning as part of the body of Christ? And by the way, the things that you most clearly see missing or lacking in the church may be a good indication of your spiritual gifts your passion, your ministry. So maybe 
2022, it's time for you to get off your spiritual butt and participate in God's kingdom purpose for you. So, God's kingdom gifts are purposeful, and finally, community gifts are beneficial. Verses 14 through 16. Verse 14 first. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by waves, and blown here and there by any wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Here, Paul says, the result of all members exercising their gifts in the church is that people become more spiritually mature grown-ups with stable, discerning faith, people who know what they believe, why they believe it, and live it out in their lives. So if our church here has many immature, unstable, naive Christians, including ourselves, could it again be that some members, including you, are not functioning in your giftedness? So for example, if God has given you a teaching gift, why not exercise it at Metro Kids, youth ministry, small group, mentoring or discipling a new or young Christian? Verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Another mark of the body of Christ functioning healthy and well is the depth of relationships that people have. When people know that they have each other's back, when people know that they can courageously share tough truth with each other in a loving way, believing that it will be received well, it will bring about transformation, and it will deepen relationships. We've had some honest conversations in our church leadership here at Metro. And one major weakness has been exposed during the pandemic. We were doing well in such areas as strong Sunday services with excellent worship and authentic messages. We've taken a courageous stand on justice issues and shown genuine compassion and generosity to those who are less fortunate than we are. But we are weak on quality relationships, friendships, and community. The extent of the faith of many of us is mainly the two-hour service window, where we breeze in, mainly listen, and breeze out. But there are other important aspects of church such as community and service. And sometimes we may even combine them. For example, if we serve with a group of people here, we can purposely make time to hang out together with the whole group or hang out with a smaller group of people. Now, I'm aware of the fact that we're all different in personalities, capacities, and life stages, but we know that we're never too busy to make time for what's important to us. When I say I'm too busy, I'm essentially saying 
this is not a priority for me. But being part of a healthy, functioning body of Christ is an eternally important priority to Jesus. And so this should be a priority to us as well. What gives Jesus great joy in his body, fulfilling the purpose for which he came at Christmas and the purpose for Easter for which he died for our sins and was raised from the dead, this is a church functioning well. Paul summarizes his purpose in verse 16. Verse 16, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by ever supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. A healthy, loving, growing church is like a healthy body with all its parts connected well and functioning well as Jesus intended this. So in summary, total transformation plus total unity plus total engagement equals God's purpose, God's mission accomplished in us. One of the frustrating things for Betty and me during the pandemic is not being able to connect with people regularly face-to-face, -face, particularly over meals. What more natural way of building friendships and community than to connect over food, as we all need to eat, and meals are a normal part of our everyday life. As we say when we get together to eat, open stomach, open heart. Divine moments often happen over coffee or meals, not at formal meetings at church. During the height of the pandemic, we experienced community by having people spontaneously drop off food supplies at our door. We got to the point where people would bring food supplies and Betty would make takeout meals in exchange. Or we would do our own DoorDash delivery, particularly for sick people or for parents with newborns. Three weeks ago, we had company for meals every night, but had to shut down Betty's cafe because one of our guests tested positive for COVID and we needed to do a rapid and PCR test to be in the clear. So my apologies to those people who we canceled out two weeks ago because I was on standby to preach for a preacher who is not feeling well. And for safety, since I was scheduled to preach this Sunday and I couldn't afford to get sick or infected or contaminated, making it necessary for somebody else to preach, I canceled my face-to-face -face appointments this week. But after service today, I'm free for the next few months to meet safely with you because others are lined up to preach on Sunday. Pastor Peter asked me to share some personal news that he has already shared with our elders, our staff, and our partners. For Betty and me, it's been a joy, an honor, and privilege serving you here at Metro these past seven years. This summer, we make our way back to California, partially because the winters there are milder. Betty misses her community there, 
and I turned 72, and I'm not yet senile, so I probably should leave before while the going is good. At our staff Christmas party this year, hosted by Charles and Maria, who have a monster hospitality gift, we shared what Christmas gift we would like to receive. This wish included a luxury car, a new bike, guess who? Caribbean vacation, debt forgiveness, and some less materialistic ones such as lack of worry and peace. As an old person who really doesn't need anything and who realizes that you really can't take it with you, my mind went back to that exciting dream that I read of in scripture of a fully biblically functioning church of Acts 2.42, a community where members are continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. We only have maybe seven to eight months left here, but our greatest joy will be to see Metro Community Church embark on this proactive journey of fulfilling God's purpose for us as the body of Christ so that we can truly say, behold how we love God. Behold how we love each other. Behold how we love lost people. And outsiders can say, behold how they love God. Behold how they love each other. Behold how they love us. Particularly for those of us here in leadership or with community building gifts, we pass this baton on to you in 2022. Our church leadership is ready to move purposefully and sustainably together in the direction of becoming Metro Community Church. So are you in for accomplishing God's purpose for us in being his true community this year? Fasten your seatbelts. It's blast off time for fulfilling God's grand purpose of us being totally transformed, totally united, and totally engaged in his beloved community. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we are not left clueless, wondering why we are placed on this planet and what we're supposed to do. Because your word clearly reveals that as your new creation, as your new humanity, you have created us as new creations to be fully transformed into the image of Jesus, to be fully united as we show this visibly to ourselves and to the world, and to be totally engaged in your body, functioning as your body, regardless of what member of the body we are. And so thank you that you challenge us not just to be hearers of your word, 
but to be doers. And we pray that as we have heard your word, as your Holy Spirit has whispered in our ears or perhaps shouted in our ears, that we'd respond to you in glad obedience. In the name of the resurrected Jesus, we pray. Amen.